This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN writes about soccer, wrote about the analytics of soccer. We'll talk about, uh, get another plug in for your book here before we get out of here. Uh, But basking in the glow of a 3-0 win over Mexico, I think Mexico might be just awful, Um, the, uh, the United States men's national team, or U.S. soccer, gave us the Greg Berhalter bombshell. Unfortunately, it's overshadowed the game. We'll get to the game in a second. But quick thoughts, uh, or not so quick, you're up to you, on the the rehiring, the hiring again. How does this work with Greg Berhalter? What, what phrasing do you use? I think this is like the opposite of a news dump, isn't it? Like you have probably your one of your best performances of like the past five to ten years, and you overshadow it by announcing that you're rehiring a coach that it seems like a large portion of the fan base did not like at all. Right. Um, which is kind of the perfect U.S. fan experience, right? Like sitting in concert, the fans are so mad about the new coach, but also the team has all this incredible young talent that just played this incredible game against Mexico in like an actual competitive game that meant something. Um, but beyond, uh, you know, my quibbles with the state of the U.S. MNT fan base, I, where I, I can only speak so much to the, the process that went about hiring, how right. all of this happened, what you, what words you even want to use. I think if you want to take a step back, at least we can say, right, that, uh, you know, they replaced Ernie Stewart with Matt Crocker, um, and he headed up the hiring process. He has no connections to U.S. soccer, and they still ended up hiring Greg Berhalter. So I, I think if you want to try to look at it objectively, I think you can at least – give U.S. soccer a little bit of credit that it seems like they brought in an outsider that kind of came to the conclusion that, oh, I guess we should just bring back the guy that was here. And the guy that was here, like, he has <laughs> per game the most points of any USMNT coach ever. The U.S. scores more goals per game under Greg Berhalter than they've ever scored. And, you know, like, I feel like we've been we've been wanting the U.S. to play this kind of, like, more expansive possession, uh, pressing, counter-pressing style game. And the U- frankly, the U.S. does that. <laughs> they did that at the World Cup. I think if you want to have one criticism over Berhalter, it's that like they have too much of a style. So to me, I think he did a fine job um, with the team. I don't think you're going to hire a superstar coach to coach a national team because those guys don't want these jobs. Right. So I think Greg Berhalter is totally fine. And ultimately, the fate of the U.S. is going to come down to whether their players are injured at the World Cup and how much or how little they all progress over the next four years. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN. He is an author, Net Gains Inside the Beautiful Games, Analytics Revolution. That's how our relationship began, so it is a beautiful game. Um, I think two things can be true, and I've been talking about this already today. To me, Greg Berhalter did a great job in building a culture that, players wanted to be a part of. And clearly he has player support here. Christian Pulisic, arguably the most important American. I think Tyler Adams also uh, supportive of Greg Berhalter. You're not going to find two more important American players than that, and they are supportive of Greg Berhalter. So he gets full credit for negotiating the probably the last time the United States will ever have to sweat World Cup qualification with the expanding World Cup. 
he gets full credit for that, getting through the group stage, not allowing a goal in the run of play for uh, for those three matches as well. Um, but I also think that while they did develop a style, I think their style was somewhat meatball surgery in that there wasn't a lot of creativity. It almost looked to me, and I thought this against Iran as well as the Netherlands, it's like there wasn't a plan when the when the uh, the scrappy defensive pressing style didn't work, like they didn't know what to do. And they didn't, it almost looked like they didn't try. And I know that's not the case. Netherlands were better. But it almost looked like they didn't try to probe and score um, and and just play a more aggressive attacking style. I just felt like maybe it was time for somebody else to take this team the next step. Yeah, I mean, I my pushback. I think that's a fair. That's fair. And I guess my my main point here is that like we put way too much stock into who the manager of a national team is. It's it's just like Lionel Scaloni just won the World Cup, and he basically had no managerial experience <laughs> before that. Right. Um, You're saying it's, it's player related, Ryan? Is that what you're yeah, saying? <laughs> yes. Uh, like, obviously, coaches like coaches matter, but they matter less in international soccer, I think, because you don't get to practice together. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you play together a handful of times. Your job is to keep the team happy, and obviously, one player in particular was not happy <laughs> at the World Cup, but it uh-huh. seems like everyone else on the team was happy, which, to me, in that dynamic, you know, it speaks to the fact that there was – there was no way to make this other other player happy, and he he could Giorana could still be. I imagine he will be reintegrated into yep. the team. Um, so I I think to me it's. Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend Coach Pete Deruta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013-888-843-0013 or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I don't really know what their op- other options were at the World mm. Cup. Um, okay. I, you know, you're choosing between Josh Sargent and Haji Wright and Jesus Ferreira um, as your forward options. And they didn't have an issue getting the ball into the attacking third. They didn't have an issue keeping it there. Then maybe it's a creativity issue or maybe it's they don't have the forward that knows how to find space to then get the pass, which theoretically they may now have that guy with uh, – Fuller and Balogun. So, you know, I, I always tend to push it. I, I think whenever we have these questions of, oh, is it tactics or is it talent? I, I think it's almost always always talent in my view. Ryan O'Hanlon from ESPN is joining us. Before I get to the game, uh, and I will, I promise, um, is it also possible, and this is why, um, like, I'm kind of milk toast. I, I see the positive of it, again, what, what Greg built. Um, but I also wonder, was the talent pool they were choosing from? And I know Jesse Marsh is a popular name. I'm not sure he was. He would have been a better choice than Greg Berhalter uh, or Patrick Vieira, who has experience managing in the U.S. Uh, and managing in the Premier League, although he was just sacked um, for Roy Hodgson, who 
uh, is a hundred years old, uh, is maybe the pool of candidates just wasn't overwhelming enough, and they just went like the pina colada song. Uh, you know, they put the ad in the paper, but ultimately we came back to the same. This is my old, my my old lo- lovely lady, or my old um, my old lady, <laughs> and they're gonna go uh, and have, you know. Uh, champagne and not do yoga. <laughs> I completely botched that, uh, Ryan. I apologize. No, I just keep going, keep throwing more metaphors <laughs> at the wall, and it'll eventually make sense. Funny uh, you bring up Jesse Marsh because I think that's actually instructive here. So he got fired from Leeds to an analytics adjacent person like me. It was a stupid decision. Their underlying numbers were very good. They're creating a lot of chances yeah. just for getting unlucky. But, you know, I'm not, I'm asking for too much for, from soccer clubs for them to make decisions based on that. But what Leeds found out is that sometimes when you fire a coach you're unhappy with, you can hire a worse coach. You yep. can hire a coach that's going to make it worse. And maybe he's not a worse coach in a vacuum, but he's a worse coach for the players you have. And I think a lot of the names that the U.S. is picking from, I think people, people have the criticism that Jesse Marsh has a very um, – He's wedded to a very particular style, which I don't know if he would – I don't necessarily buy that he would have just been like that with the national team. But you could argue that even he would have been a worse – could have been a worse coach for the team because he mm-hmm. would have wanted to play a particular style. Then you have all these other coaches who maybe may or may not have been better than Berhalter, but they also could have been worse than Berhalter, you know? So, like, there's also that option. So when you when you do weigh that, which I think you do have to weigh that in this, because um, anyone other than Berhalter, you're taking – a little bit more of a risk, right? There's more uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah. in both directions, I guess. Um, and I think, you know, given what you're saying, the, the U.S. wasn't – like, the best coaches just don't coach international soccer. It doesn't happen anymore. The only sort of elite coach who was at the World Cup was a Luis Enrique with Spain. And Spain, like, drastically underachieved <laughs> yes. and were, frankly, terrible given their given their talent. So even he did a bad job. Yeah. So like, the, the other coaches in international soccer, this is, it, it's not – you know, you're not getting Jurgen Klopp. You're not getting Pep Guardiola to coach the U.S. men's national team. So I think I think you're you're spot on with the I don't know pina colada. Yeah, I don't campaign, I, again. No more yoga thing. You know, it's <laughs> funny. I could karaoke the song, but suddenly I couldn't come up with all the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> Ryan O'Hanlon at R W O'Han on Twitter. So let's get back to the game, I guess. So uh, Fuller and Balogun makes his debut. We had uh, a formation we really hadn't seen, I guess, uh, at, at this level because Burhalter the last few years had been playing a 4-3-3 uh, pretty much exclusively, uh, at least as, uh, in, as far as you know, big competitions go. Uh, but they're in a different formation. Uh, Gio Reyna was uh, playing you know, behind the striker, behind Balagoon. What did you think of uh, the U.S. performance? And then we can get to how nasty the game was. Uh, I thought they were awesome. Um, Balogun, not very involved, uh, took one shot, only completed a couple passes, but I think that that's probably to be expected given that, as we said, the team does kind of have a idiosyncratic way of playing, and also he's playing for a guy that's not going to be the coach right. for any longer, so I think you can write it off a little bit. I think, I don't know if, if I had to take one takeaway from the game, or I guess if I had to throw two out there. One, like Christian Pulisic, it doesn't, at least this past year, it doesn't seem to matter like what's happening with the club team. Like he's just going, he's like Gareth Bale was for Wales essentially. Um, 
I mean, that might be too much for your, for your listeners <laughs> to get that reference, but um, he's a golfer now. Uh, right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, you know, a star level talent that was somewhat inconsistent at the club level, but always brought it to sort of the highest degree yep. for the national team. Pulisic didn't play much for Chelsea before the World Cup. He was fantastic at the World Cup. For me, it was like 99th percentile expectation of what you got from Pulisic. And then last night, he was incredible again. Scored twice. He's now uh, leading goals per game uh, leader in U.S. M&T history. And that's, you know, impressive because he's played a ton of games. So I think that that is a big kind of thing to see. Because um, who knows, you know, these club careers are very volatile, especially when you're not one of like the truly elite players, right? Um, and then Tyler Adams, like Tyler Adams to me was kind of the like skeleton key of the whole thing, right? right. Like it would all fall apart if Tyler Adams wasn't there and he wasn't there. And the U.S. played a, a little more, um, they sat back a little more than they usually do. Um, and it gets messed because they, they do usually sit back a little bit. And you think that might fall prey to not having Tyler Adams. And it didn't matter at all. So I think, you know, those were my two, if you want to have kind of macro takeaways from the game, those are the two um, big positives I took from it. It's very possible that Pulisic just looks at the men's national team as like his sanctuary. Like all the other, all the pressure that's on him to perform at the international level, you know, or a domestic at club level. uh, It isn't, I mean, it's there, but it's different. Um, and I, he knows that he is relied upon, and a, a very smart person told me a long time ago, it almost doesn't matter where you play, not, not saying it doesn't, but that the, if you are a relied upon player, it changes who you can be uh, when you get to the men's national team, and Pulisic is a relied upon player here. Um, I look, I, I, I was encouraged by a lot of things. I thought we saw the best of Weston McKinney in a long time. And then we got, and same with Serginio Des. We saw the good and the bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, we saw how dynamic he can be at times. Uh, and then we saw the nastiness. Uh, I think Mexico is just awful. Um, but, okay, it is, it is you know, it's it's a great rivalry. And maybe maybe the rivalry brought all of that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't love the the chanting that was going on, the homophobic chanting. No, that's, no. That's, that's not the kind of thing we want to be seeing in this rivalry. But in some ways, it's nice to have a little bit of the, the a little bit of the kind of spice that we had from the U.S. rivalry, whether it was Landon Donovan peeing on the field, um, Gucci Onyewu eyeing down Jared Borghetti, kind of all the, the sort of things that made U.S.-Mexico like such a compelling rivalry. I wouldn't say it was gone over the past, you know, four years or whatever, but it, it didn't seem as heated. So I don't know, from a spect- spectator standpoint, I'm not saying I want every game to have two red cards um, and players <laughs> to possibly get injured, but, you know, it, it was, I guess, you know, if you want to say anything, it spoke to how well the U.S. played that it sort of <laughs> drove the, some of the Mexican players off a cliff. Yeah, it, it devolved into that because Mexico had no answers. Uh, Ryan O'Hanlon, at R.W. O'Han. On Twitter from ESPN, the author of Net Gains Inside the Beautiful Games Analytics Revolution. I appreciate your time. Uh, we will talk again. Uh, I hope I hope they can beat Canada without Dest and McKinney. Um, I'm not sure it matters, but we'll uh, we'll certainly find out. I appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to chatting when they rehire Berhalter for the, the third time. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.